What do you love doing? Because something that you love doing, the person who wants to hire you does not love doing it. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, you guys, I know you've taken lots of personality tests. You are very well aware that business owners want to work with certain types of dispersonalities or Myers-Briggs personalities or even the Colby. But today we are talking about the Clifton Strengths Assessment. It's super cool. I am talking with Anna Nelson, a strengths coach, and we're going to go over this online talent assessment, what you need to know, and how fascinating it is. And again, this is about building a business that you love where you're working in your sweet spot between what you're good at, what you have a passion for, and what the world needs. Knowing your strengths, seeing where you truly shine is all, all big cues on where you need to fit into this world and what you need to be offering for your services and even what kind of clients you work best with. So uh, let's jump into this Facebook Live I recorded with Strengths Coach Anna Nelson. I encourage you to take the test. And there is also a free high five test you can do that's very similar if you don't want to shell out the money to do the Clifton Strengths. I think it's so insightful. And I love that Anna really breaks it down what these mean. Because even when I got the reports, I was like, but what does this really mean? She went over with me. I think this is really fun. And it's always just good to know yourself. And when you know yourself, when you have that awareness, you just show up confident. It just exudes out of you, right? You show up to a discovery call and you know what? I'm a maximizer. I have really strong relationship skills, but I also have this other thing that makes me really good at this job and it's so much confidence. I took on a new client recently where I was facing some of the imposter syndrome, the self-doubt, wondering if I was the best fit for this. And they reminded me, I didn't tell them I was feeling this. I'm sharing it with you here. And they had reminded me, like, we hired you because you are really creative. You move fast. And we love that. And sure enough, on the top of my strengths finder is individualization, where I can find like this unique thing and I can go. And I'm happy when I get to make something a little bit different. I need that variety. So it's super fascinating. So let's jump into the podcast, and I encourage you, if you are struggling with what to do with your life, where to head, how to really niche down in this freelancer world, I encourage you to book a strengths call with Anna. You'll find that link in the show notes. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our Facebook Live slash podcast show. I am so excited about today's episode because this is something I think every single woman out there needs to know, and that is knowing your strengths, your raw God-given talents. So I have brought strengths coach Anna Nelson here in the house to help us walk us through why this is important, how to make it work in the online space, and when dealing with clients. So welcome, Anna. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, tell everyone a little bit about where you live, what your family looks like, and your background. Oh, boy. Well, (laughs) where I live and what my family looks like is actually a relatively new 
thing. I got married a year ago, December. I met and married my husband during COVID. And so I now live in a tiny suburb of a suburb of a suburb of Minneapolis in Minnesota. And I have two stepchildren. They are 12 and 14, both girls, one of whom is deaf. So I had to pull out my one year of American Sign Language that I took in college. And I rely on that four days a week when I have the girls. So that's my family. And we just got a puppy two days ago. So I'm now a puppy parent. Yes. I was going to say, don't forget about Frankie. Your life has changed like the most out of anyone I have met in this like last couple years of me doing my business. It's like, you're the winner. (laughs) Biggest life. Well, excellent. Oh yes. It is crazy. So yeah. I always love to hear how people started their own business. I think it's very inspiring and to learn how people took something they were doing before and then made it to this online space. So will you just share a little bit of your like origin story and, and also like, what did you go to school for? What did you do out of high school? That kind of stuff. Sure. So I grew up in Minnesota and I went to college at home. My parents, I'm one of five children. My dad was a social worker. And so we did not have a lot of money growing up at all. So they were very much, I, we couldn't really afford for any of us to go off to a big school. So I went to school in town and when it came time for me to graduate, my grandfather was like, Hey, I'll buy you a one-way plane ticket to Boston. Cause my dad actually was getting a second master's degree there. And so I went, moved to Boston because my grandfather said, you can always move back to Minnesota, but you should go somewhere else, experience life somewhere else. And so I ended up being in Boston for 10 years. I worked in the financial services industry, retail industry, and I lost my job during the financial crisis at one point. So at one point I was unemployed for 14 months. And during that time frame, I moved back to Minnesota and then I got a job as a project manager at a marketing firm. And then we got bought out by a clothing company. And it was during that time as a project manager that I was like, I can't do this. I had gotten married at the time to someone who was not very nice. And so everything in my life was extremely, extremely stressful. And I quit my job kind of before I realized what kind of marriage I was in thinking I'm going to start my own online business. He traveled a lot for work and I thought, cool, I'll travel with him. I'll have my own online business. This is going to be great. And financially I had always saved money in case I wanted to quit my job. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I did. And so I think it was May 2017 that I quit my job, which was the weirdest thing, driving, getting in my car on my last day and just driving home and being like, okay. And that's when I really was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I had tried over many years. Like I've always wanted to have my own business, make money for myself. I'm very independent, oldest of five, always wanted to get out of the house and tried many different things, including the biggest one was I spent time, money, and effort becoming a lingerie designer because I Yes, you did. <laughs> I have always wanted to be like a fashion designer. Like I thought that's, I'm going to do this. So I had taken a nine week leave of absence from my job, studied bra making up near Toronto. I turned my living room into a sewing studio. I had clients who would come into my living room and I'd fit them and make custom bras for them. And 
I realized on a Saturday when I was supposed to be working on a project that was paid that had a deadline when someone called and was like, Hey, would you like to go out for coffee? And I put my sewing project down and I was out the door and on my way to the coffee shop, I was like, there must be something wrong with this particular business adventure that I'm on, that I'm willing to put down this sewing project that I've spent thousands of dollars pursuing, like to make this business idea a reality in order to go drink coffee with someone that I do not need to go drink coffee with right now. And so that was the first time I was like, what am I good at? What do I like to do? And eventually that led me into discovering, like, I love people. I love having conversations with people. I love encouraging people and I love helping them kind of realize like they can make a change in their life and they can pursue something that they really want. And I love being the encouragement and the push that they need. And someone at one point was like, have you heard of coaching? And I was like, uh, no. And so once I heard about it, I was like, I'm totally all in. So that's when I got certified as a coach. I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach, so I can help people learn about their strengths. And it's just an amazing tool to have in my coaching toolkit. And so now I have a coaching business and I've been helping entrepreneurs and leaders figure out like, this is what you're really, really good at. Now go do more of this and delegate the rest out. I love what you do because this is at the core of all of our online businesses, right? We are helping our clients out who need to delegate, who need to lean into their strengths. We also need to do it with our own business. There is maybe something else when you start pushing things down Mm -hmm. on the pile, like in prioritizing other things, like why explore that? And full disclosure, I've worked with you to go over my own strengths. Why do we need to know our strengths? Like, can you elaborate on that first? We need to know our strengths. Because that is where we can experience the most amount of success, both mentally and emotionally, and I think physically and spiritually and all of that. Because when we are living out of what we do really, really well, we're happier in general. There's just a ripple effect when you're like, well, I just had a really awesome coaching session with someone. And maybe I don't need to be that enthusiastic when my husband comes home, but There's a difference when I'm like super happy because I just had a really awesome coaching call with someone and I go out into the kitchen, let's say, and he comes home versus like me figuring out how to do my taxes, which I really don't know how to do, which I have hired out, obviously. But like if I have to sit and figure out prepping it for my taxes, like I'm not happy doing that. That's not what I'm good at. It really bothers me when people kind of get upset at people when they're like, you have to give the world your gifts because if you don't, you're robbing them of something that could make them better. And it's like, we don't really get encouraged a lot in like, hey, you're really good at that, Emily. Did you know that you could probably do more of that and actually make like, you could do that for a living and be happy doing that? Instead, we're told like, hey, you're pretty good at that, but you know what? You should probably work on this instead, especially in corporate jobs, right? Like if we're building our own online business, that's a little different because we can kind of design our own job or our business. But there are a lot of things in business that I do not like to do. I don't want to do, but I have to do. And so like figuring out like, what am I good at? What should I be building my business around? And then when it comes time to it, 
what can I delegate out? So for me, I'm really good one-on-one. So my business on the front end should be built around coaching clients, one-on-one coaching clients. And I also really enjoy speaking. So maybe I'll throw that in. The things that I'm not good at, posting consistently on social media, figuring out my SEO words. Like I am terrible at that. I have a 17-year-old intern who for a while, I finally figured out how to post via Facebook. <laughs> like I had no idea how to do this, like the scheduling thing. I had to figure out how to do it because she didn't know how to do it. And this was completely not in my wheelhouse. And then I got lazy and I'm like, oh, I'll just do it myself. And guess what? I have not been posting consistently and I just haven't done it. On one hand, you could say, oh, well, maybe I'm being lazy. But on the other hand, I'm just not a consistent person. That's just not who I am. So if I know that and I'm looking to hire out, guess what? I'm going to hire someone who like loves to be consistent, who loves to put a plan in place and who loves to be detailed and organized. Yes, you are. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Cause I see that a lot in the online space. Consistency that actually scored low on mine too, which we can get to. I want to just mention, I have a pile of returns right here on my floor that I will probably not get to for another week. And it's just not my strong point, like doing some of this stuff and like, that's okay. But what I wanted to ask you, cause this is the groundwork of everything we do. Right. And I think about Brittany who was on my show recently. And she was talking about when I'm a happy wife, when I have work, I love, I'm a happier wife. I'm a better mm-hmm. friend. I'm a better mom. And I think a lot of us can relate to that when we're like getting that cup of joy from something else. Mm-hmm. And it does have that ripple effect. So I'm glad you mentioned that, but how do we really know what our strengths are? in this space, because I think that's something that keeps people stuck. It requires paying attention and really focusing on yourself. I consider myself a pretty self-aware person, but when it comes to paying attention, there are a lot of voices in our heads that we have to learn to let go of, right? Even when people, well-meaning people are like, ask people closest to you um, what they think you're really good at. And I did that exercise once. And at the time I was planning my brother's kind of DIY wedding, like five or six years ago. And for some reason I kept getting, and I was a project manager at the time and people kept saying that I was really organized. And I was like, oh, and they said I was a good friend. I was a good friend and I was organized. And I was so confused by I'm organized because if I was to pick up my computer and show you my desk, I know where my papers are, but you would be mortified by my desk. Like I'm not organized. I know where my stuff is, but no one else would understand my desk. And so they don't always know what you're good at because they're looking at it through a lens of what they're good at, of how they think, feel, and behave. So if a strategic thinker is telling someone who is really good at making friends. And they're like, you're really good at making friends. That's going to kind of come off, which I've been told all my life. You're really good at making friends. You're really good at making friends. That doesn't really help me figure out like what to do with my career. Cause no one goes around saying, you know what? Actually, there are a lot of job positions that require really good relationship building strengths. Yeah. No one has ever once told me that in my life. So some ways that you on your own can figure it out would be, what is it that you love to do? Like if I have a coaching call with someone 
one of the first questions is, what do you love to do? And I go from the most mundane to the most obvious, whatever. And then I'll ask them, what do you really not like doing? In my case, it would be, I love, like, if you want to earn a spot in my heart, you would call me up and be like, Hey, do you want to go out for coffee? And I would like, think that you were my best friend. Like, I cannot even tell you how much that would mean to me. The most meaningful thing you could do is ask me out for a cup of coffee. And that is like, whoa, I love that. Okay. But it isn't about going out for coffee. There's something really deep about that. It is the fact that I can sit and have a conversation one-on-one with someone and talk to them. And then I'm picking up things that they're saying when they're like, oh, I really don't like my job, or I really am struggling with this person in my life or whatever. And to have a conversation, which in a friendship situation, obviously it's not a coaching situation, but it's deeper than just going out for coffee, going out for coffee is just how I'm doing it. Whereas some people they're strategic thinkers and they love so many strategic thinkers. They love going outside because it gives them time to think. And they're just like thinking, thinking, thinking. And I've had clients say, if I could, I would just think for like eight hours a day. And they just love to be in a room by themselves thinking or people who need other people because they like to see people take action. And if they don't have people in front of them where they're like, I made a difference in that person's life because they took action or people who are like, I got to get things done. I got to get things done. Like people who are like, I love getting things done. I love lists. It's not about the list. It's about what's behind the list, like getting something done. So okay, what is it about getting something done, right? There's so much behind that. And if you understand what's behind it, then you can start to see the patterns in your life. Okay. And then, especially for you and your clients, like the folks coming into your program, they're trying to figure out, okay, how can I make money? How can I be my own unicorn? What do you like doing? What do you love doing? Because something that you love doing The person who wants to hire you does not love doing it. So when you can talk to that and say, this is what I'm extremely good at, then you need to go find out who doesn't like doing that. And that's who you need to work for. Yeah. That will be the easiest person to say yes in the entire world. (laughs) Exactly. If someone listening to this was like, Hey, I love consistency. I love planning. I love detail, like all of the things I'd be like, Oh, really? Tell me more. Like, yeah. Why are our job ops not reverse? They always say like what they're looking for. Like I need somebody, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, actually, Ooh, I want to know what you are because that will make me want to work with you. Cause I know that's I'm- really interesting. Yeah. Maybe I should add that to my form. What is your Myers-Briggs <laughs> or disc? Yeah. Yeah. Or what are your weaknesses? Yeah. I like that. Mine would be consistency. Focus and consistency are two of my weaknesses. Because we see the generic, you know, Amy Porterfield type job descriptions all the time. And it's just like replaceable words. Someone is detail oriented, yada, yada, yada. And like, yeah, we all need that. But like, what are we really trying to fill here? Right. That complimentary person to build out a team in your weakness. Right. Because like I work with someone, she was flushing out her team small and mighty team. And she had the job descriptions. She had their Gallup Clifton Strengths Report, which is the tool that I use. So it's like 
the Clifton Strikes report is someone's 34 talent themes. And it's like the order of your talents. So Gallup, which is a huge research and data organization, has like 60 to 70 years worth of research, tons of research behind this assessment. And they came up with 34 talent themes that everyone has. And so when you take this assessment, your talent themes come out in the assessment in a different order. And so Emily, you and I have some similar strengths, like you and I both have a strength called maximizer and maximizer takes a good thing or a good person and takes it to the next level. We make it better. So mine is number one and yours is number two. But you and I, the way that we show up as maximizers are very different because both you and I have different businesses Yeah, and even how we would show up in our personal lives would be very different. And so no two people are the same. So even though there are 34 talent themes, the odds of you finding someone with the same top five, just the same top five results as you is one in 33 million. No way. I don't like, remember how to do that algebra two math, but oh, my I don't gosh. either. That's what Gallup's stat is. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, you don't have other personality assessments with that particular, I don't even know what the word is, with that particular, like, accuracy. Accuracy, but like the odds. The yeah, odds of you meeting someone with your same strengths is like maybe there's one other person currently on earth walking around with your same top five strengths. And so like you literally are a unicorn, like which I think is amazing, right? And so for you to figure out how you are a unicorn, it's up to you to figure it out. You can't look to others because that person is a unicorn and they don't understand how you're a unicorn. Which is why I love being a coach and which is why I love this as a tool because as a maximizer, I'm like, how can I make people better faster? I'm like, this tool is amazing because I want to work with the best and I use this tool and then I work with people and they change their lives. They change their businesses. They do all the things and off they go. You don't have to spend years like I did. You can actually like figure it out in a few hours and take the assessment and then work with the coach. Like it's done. I could have used this in like high school, you know? (laughs) Everyone could use it in high school. I wish that they made it mandatory in high school because it would save us years of, I wouldn't have gone to lingerie school. I wouldn't have gotten an MBA. I would have done so many things differently in my life. God's plan. (laughs) That's right. I have so much character and so many stories. Well, first of all, I think it's so meta about what you talked about, like needing the relationships and like what you ended up doing. So like you and of yourself, success story right there. And then can you give me an example, uh, putting you on the spot here of maybe somebody who got this like awareness and like what they did afterward? Do you have anything top of mind? Because I think that's fascinating that you could set someone off on a track or like plant a seed. And we can even talk about the seed that you planted with me, but just worth asking. I would... (laughs) Part of me wants to be like every single one of my clients, which is true, but all of them for different reasons and some of them for big reasons and some of them for small reasons. And like last year, I coached a lot of individuals who are all entrepreneurs and different solopreneurs. And a few of them switched up the type of client they were working with. They would, one of them, she looked at me via Zoom, obviously this is all virtual. And she was like, 
So basically I'm working with the wrong type of client. And I was like, well, you might be, yes. And based on her particular strength set. And so it was like, she realized that, right? Someone else was like, she realized she actually really enjoyed doing one-on-one work, but she had been listening to a whole bunch of people say, you must actually do group work, group work, group work, group work. And it's like, why? She actually loves the one-on-one work and actually managed to see people in her programs get bigger results when she worked with them one-on-one. Why not do what you love? Don't listen to someone tell you, you must do this. Who says it's your business? I think that's why I struggle in my own business in messaging. Cause I'm like, that's not a one size fits all. Like I can give yeah. you the fundamentals to stand on. And then every single person is going like a different direction with this because it's like so many permutations and you can't just look at what someone else is doing when you are a unicorn. And if we're all unicorns, cause we all have our unique Gallup strengths <laughs> results, yeah. like, hello. Yeah. She needed to put the blinders on and do what's right for her. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like I worked with someone and his team, and this is interesting too, working with people with their teams. Like you have owners who are like, okay, they think that they're doing things right by their team, but they might not realize that the team members are actually maybe a little bit intimidated by them or that their team members don't necessarily know how to communicate with them in a way that they're like, am I allowed to bring this idea to this? owner. And so after working with this particular team, the team members brought this owner a business idea. And they were like, we think this is a really good idea. We think that you would benefit from this. And it was a multi-thousand dollar offering that they ended up presenting to their clients and they made a ton of money off of it. But that was because Each person got to figure out what their strengths were. They got to share about it because that's how I was working with them as the team. And then they were like able to appreciate and trust each other because they were like, oh, that person is really good at that. And they could start to see examples of that throughout their working relationship. Like, oh yeah, that person does do that. Okay. How interesting. And then to really just be like, actually, let me see. Maybe this is a good idea. Maybe it isn't. Or I'm going to check with that person because that person's really great at coming up with ideas. This person's really good at strategy. Like that person's really good at customer service. So maybe they'll have an idea of what the customers are talking about. It seems so minor, but it isn't when we're talking about like minor changes that can make huge differences later on. I love this because I have struggled and I just had this conversation with somebody, but when you, you get in with a a small team and you grow up with them in house, they don't really look at you sometimes as the expert or really, I mean, they see your progression and some of your like digital marketing knowledge expand, but it's hard to be taken lack of better worth seriously. Mm. If you have this to back you up, you get that respect for your strengths and your ideas and can move up to the role that you wanted to do or are meant to do. So I could see that being very powerful and just having a team be aware of it. And learning how to communicate it. Like I wish so much that I could go back to being 22, working in financial services back in Boston, knowing what I know now about myself so that I could communicate what I bring to the table in regards to relationships. Because when I left after six years, We had like 368 investors in these particular funds. Every single one I knew their 
assistants, their separate legal teams. I knew their family members for some of them. I knew their lawyers. I knew their bankers, everyone. So it's hundreds and hundreds of people. And it was not until I left, they ended up having to hire two people to replace me. But that is because they did not fully comprehend what I brought to the table. And of course, I wasn't able to at the time because I was in my 20s, able to communicate this. But now when you know what you bring to the table, you and I don't have to say on our resume, if we were to go out and apply for jobs, I am a maximizer. No, you and I could both say something along the lines of how we're able to come into a situation and make it better or create better situations because of our ability to relate to other people or some sort of thing like that, which sounds better than I'm a maximizer or people who love the Enneagram or DISC or MBTI. You don't want to go around saying I'm an Enneagram three. That doesn't really mean anything to anybody. And it's hard to actually put and communicate into a resume or into a business or into your mission statement or into anything like that. Yeah. Oh, and this could be so powerful in the discovery calls because the art of that is, especially if you don't have a lot of experience and, you know, when you're new to this world, but like relying on a story that shows Mm. that raw, like talent that you have, if you are like, okay, I'm these top five, let's create stories around this that showcase it, that will help me land the client. Even if I don't have 25 years and know this exact tech stack or whatever they're requiring of us. Right. So I know I was just coaching one of our uh, students to do that, lean into the situation where you were thrown in and you had to figure it out and talk about that. And so I love that this test spits out those results to give you that framework to just run with and own, because that when you're talking about that, you're confident, right? When you're confident, you're getting the yes, you can save the prices you want. Like you choose the clients you want, like it's just all good things ripple off from that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. So where do we take this test? How does that work? Well, if you work with a strengths coach, they'll give you the code. If you want to go rogue, obviously you can, you would go to gallup.com and there are two options you can take. There's a $20 option. You get your top five, but I would strongly, 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 strongly encourage you to splurge, spend the 50 bucks and take the full Clifton 34 because you get all 34 of the Clifton 34 talent themes and the top five are 
you get a much more individualized report versus if you just paid $20. So just pay $30 okay. more for the full 34. It's you true. get your results. I took the Clifton Strengths report back in 2010 when I was unemployed because of the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. I mean, my sister paid for me to take it, which made sense. I was unemployed. I was looking for jobs yeah. and I took it and I read the results. I'm like, this means nothing to me. And it was not until I had coach training and someone had reviewed my strengths that I was like, I'm actually good at these things. Like these are good things. Like I had no appreciation for what the results were until someone actually went through them with me. And yes, we can all read. We can all read these words. This is not rocket science, but It's a little bit like having your doctor tell you, Hey, this is what your cholesterol results are. And you're like, I don't even know what this means. Here's your blood pressure. Like, uh, 180 over 20. Am I dying or am I living? I don't know what this means. And so having someone talk you through it, that's the life-changing part. So I recommend the coach. Yeah. And you did that with me. And it was so helpful because even though the report had a lot of information, like you were able to translate it and apply it, but I don't think the report quite did. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's enough there to get started. Yes. But like that application thinking it through statement. And then also, of course, as like the cheerleader that you are, you know, you Mm -hmm. can like shine back on me and kind of like, I felt so hyped up after that session with you. I'm like, yeah, I am doing the right thing. And, you know, I should do this, but Will you explain too, like the four overarching themes, Mm -hmm. like where Mm -hmm. your results fall in? I think that part's fascinating. And I think right away, some people might be able to tell where they are, but I'm going to tell you, I was a big surprise to myself. I thought you were a big surprise. Yeah. So there we go. That was like your segue. (laughs) Exactly. So there are 34 talent themes and between like eight and 10 of them will fall into four different domains, strategic thinking. So your ability to strategically think. So those are people who really enjoy thinking and you're always thinking of different options. And a lot of strategic thinkers will find themselves. Well, I find that they say a lot, well, the problem is, and I'm like, oh, whatever. Okay. Then you have people um, high in relationship building. So that would be Emily and I, we love connecting with others. We love people. We love connecting with people. Then there's folks high in the executing domain. So people who love getting things done. Those are the people who run around with lists and checking things off the list is their number one priority. Don't get in their way. They want to check things off their list. And then there is influencing. They love to get people to take action. Like moving people is what they love to do. So those are the four domains. We were surprised with Emily because she has this VA business. I totally thought that you would be super high in executing because it's like getting things done. You're helping business owners get things done. But no, we're high (laughs) in relationship building. I think executing was like second to the bottom or something. I know executing was the last, your last domain. Yeah. Discipline and executing, but that doesn't mean I can't be good at those things, but I do see a pattern where I'm better at doing this for other people. Right. Than myself for sure. But what I thought was interesting when we reviewed your strengths, this is why having this as a tool is so helpful. So then you're not guessing anymore. You're actually using a scientifically backed up assessment 
And this is all about your strengths. This is not about making you feel bad about yourself so that you're like, oh, great. I like for me, I'm terrible at numbers. So it's like, oh, I have to go spend four years learning how to do math. No, I don't. I can learn how to just be better with people. What we learned about Emily is her number one strength is individualization. And when you think about that and the fact that her entire business model is based on the fact that she believes that we're all unicorns, it makes complete sense. Mind blown. (laughs) I didn't know this. These results were not rigged. By the way, I hate tests. I hate having to like decide answers and stuff. I think I was whining to you while even taking it. Um, (laughs) I think I I got a couple emails while you were taking the assessment. (laughs) I have a hard time and I think it's timed. I just was like, I must have been in a busy mood that day. I'm sure we were having a hard day at Zoom origami uh, with the kindergartner. But yeah, I thought that was fascinating. And what were the other top five of mine? So I'll say what they are and then I'll talk through what they are. So Emily's top five are individualization, maximizer, includer, activator, and futuristic. So individualization is really seeing what makes an individual person unique. Maximizer, taking a good thing or a good person and making it better. Includer includes everyone. Like everyone's a unicorn. Like there's no exclusion. Everyone's included. Let's make the circle wider. Activator, let's take action now. Like we don't need to think. Let's just take action. Let's get this started. And futuristic, we're planning ahead. We are looking towards the future. What can we do to make our lives better in the future? Yeah. I mean, this is exactly my business. And what was so clear to me, I just had that aha moment of I can own these relationship skills. And I look back at my program and I thought, you know what, if I can help people like this, and this is what I'm good at, why not add to my program and add Mm -hmm. some of these more coaching calls that help people do these things. Cause I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was like scared about that. I was scared to step into that kind of role or talk about mindset or all of that was very scary for me. Cause I knew exactly like the path to get there. I knew how to like teach the implementation and what the work looks like. And this session with Anna kind of just, it gave me permission to, I don't know, it sounds so cliche when I say it, like lean into me. And like you said, not follow other people's businesses. Don't look at the other VA courses that are teaching Mm. like one size fits all, like I can do my own magical thing. (laughs) And that I think is the beauty. And I think even for myself, right? Like I am a strength coach. And even for you as someone who sees the individuals within your own program and who preaches this stuff, right? Like you and I, cause I have individualization as my ninth strength. So I'm pretty good about seeing individuals as well. Not nearly as much as you, but similar I think it's super easy to get caught up in other people's marketing messages where you think, oh, Emily's doing that. Or, oh, that's what they're saying now. I should do that too. Or when everyone talks about like, so you want to start a podcast? So you want to write a book? So you want to do this? And you're like, oh, maybe I should be doing all of these other things. And it's like, no, I don't actually want to do any of those things because I want to become a clown and start a circus. Cause that's what I love doing. And so I think to own your own unicornness requires that you really own who you are and you have to really understand 
who you are. And that's where you have to really pay attention and you have to really sit with it. And then you have to be really okay with it. And I think on one hand, knowing what your strengths are, lets you actually, for me, at least for the first time, be like, wow, I had no idea me being really good with people is literally my superpower. And that all of the other metrics that I was being judged on for what I was, quote, good at or not, i.e. grades in elementary school, grades in junior high, high school, college, all of the things were not the correct metrics because no one in my life ever said, man, actually, my, I did have one boss in financial services. He was like, you are good with clients. It's like, you get to decide what the metrics are for your own business, for your own strengths, for your own weaknesses, but you have to give yourself permission to really own it and to really stop listening to all the voices and all the craziness that you have kind of grown up with and paid attention to for all of your life leading up to this point. So are these strengths like fixed? Can they change? Like what happens? They can change, but overall Gallup has kind of realized that for the most part, the essence of who you are stays the same. And so I did this test for the first time when I was unemployed and then I had taken it again because when I was going through coach training, of course, she paid for me to take it again. And six out of 10 of my top 10 strengths were still the same. Oh, okay. My maximizer, I'm still someone who loves to make things better. I'm still a person who loves to talk to people. I'm still a person who loves to include people and win them over to the idea that they can be better versions of themselves. That has not gone away. So they can change. And the thing is, even if they do, it's not the end of the world because you're still learning about yourself. So the most recent assessment that I had taken was that learner became number one above maximizer. And so I like to learn a lot, which just means I love to read. Who cares? I've loved to read ever since I was little. So it's not like it's detrimental if they change. Okay. That makes sense. Is it possible to have conflicting strengths? Yes, it can be rare, but then when I've talked to people, it makes sense for the particular strengths that they end up having that surround those strengths. So every time I work with a client, like if you and I work together, I obviously have everyone send me their strengths report. I read through them. I never assume I know what that person will be like, what they do, anything before I meet them. So I'll read through them just so I can see what the copy says, because it changes. And sometimes I'm like, how does this show up in this person's life? And then I meet them. I'm like, Oh my word, this is so awesome. (laughs) So I've met so many awesome people. I I mean, every person I meet, of course, I think is awesome, but it's really fascinating how strengths will show up in people's lives. Oh my gosh. And I love that you can see that and put the puzzle pieces together. I mean, it's fascinating. That's the thing, right? Like I'm asking questions. I might say, Emily, what do you love? What do you hate? Or I say, what do you strongly dislike? And then like, get some more questions and then I'm connecting the dots to what they've shared. Right. And you aren't going to get that by reading it. Of course, I'm also connecting it to like, why are you here today? What do you want to get out of this conversation? And we're filling in all of this, just the little tool on the table. Yeah. So what, do you have any advice for how to deal with clients in this regard when we need to like show them that they need to hire more help or just like, Oh, just, and the reason I ask this is hard for me to phrase, but so many times we step into this team 
as their Mm. their savior and their therapist, right? Because they're a solopreneur. And then we sometimes need to guide them to the solution, which is like, it's okay. You know, it doesn't need to be perfect. Like all of this stuff. So is there anything like powerful we can say to help them realize like what their strengths are and to hire or like let go of some of this that they're like carrying? That's a really interesting question. And I think as someone who has been in positions, and I'm going to say the word junior, but I don't mean it in a junior in a negative role, right? Like someone where you're working for someone where you're, because in my admin role where I was like killing it with those clients, which eventually I was like some director of marketing or whatever I was. My boss was terrible with clients. If you wanted to talk to her, you learned really fast. You don't go to her to talk to her. You go to me, you go to me and I will put you through. But yeah, I could never have told her that to her face, but everyone else figured that out, right? So I think some of it is being tactful and maybe depending on how long you've worked with that person or how well you know that person and how well you know yourself. And when you can see like, man, they are really good at something like you can, like we can all tell when someone is really good at something, right. Mm -hmm. And telling them that, or being like, Hey, and recognizing like, Hey, do you want some help with the calendar thing or notice if they're getting frustrated at something? And if it's something that you're really good at, maybe that's when you could be like, Hey, is that something I can take off your plate? Love you it. know, something like that. No one ever wants to be told, Emily, you're really bad at that. Even if you are, no one ever wants to be Ooh. told that, but being tactful, polite, and also acknowledging like, wow, Emily, you are really good at noticing the unique qualities in individuals and leave it at that. So that today it's a compliment. And then later on when I'm like, Hey, do you want help with your background? Like if I notice that you're like trying to rearrange your background, let's pretend your background looks great, but let's pretend you're rearranging and you're like, Oh, I hate rearranging my background. Hey, do you want some help with that? I'd love to help with that because I love rearranging things. You do. That's great. I'd love help. That's great advice for up-leveling as a unicorn in somebody's business. When you do see that opportunity, because most business owners want, they want to hand off more and focus on their strengths. And so if you see that, do it. And by the way, I have a unicorn that helped me with my background. I mean, she guided me with the furniture. I mean, I just kind of threw everything back there. I'll just be real. But she told me to get the picture ledge. Like, I didn't know what to do. And I'm sure I can play with my setup. But it was interesting because it came so natural to her. And uh, she could make a whole business out of that. You and I absolutely zoom background business or add that to like your repertoire. Yeah, absolutely. And those are things that if you are good at that, you wouldn't think that that's something someone needs, but absolutely that's something someone needs. Cause I'm not good at that. Yeah. My mom helped me figure out this. Cause I'm like, I don't know. This is a painting that she did. I just need something, but I'm not good. I'd rather just talk to you, Emily, for eight hours versus figuring out some background for my zoom calls. Right. But ultimately it's important for both of us to have something that's not stressful looking for people to look at. And on the flip side, I think it's important that when we become aware that something is not in our wheelhouse and our strength, that we work with our client to offload it. And this has happened Mm -hmm. to me through the years and paying attention to like what's slipping, like you were talking about like my return pile, like that's slipping in the cracks and you really are doing your client a favor when you are setting them up to bring on somebody else to pass it because you start, I know I'm speaking from experience, start doing a bad job at some of those things because 
for whatever reason, not because I want to, not because I have a bad work ethic, but it's just not the thing that's lighting me up. And sometimes like I really get a kick out of like learning something new and it will fade very quickly if it gets Mm. super repetitive. And I try to pay attention in my client work. Like, why did that suck? (laughs) What was it about that project that I actually, I think I've shared this story before, but I was working on something. It was pretty boring. I'd done a zillion of them. And I was like, "Eh, it's like running into some tech issues. I was like not feeling great about it. And then all of a sudden it flipped and I felt really good. And I'm like, what changed? What changed in that moment? And I got to go in and spice it up and do something a little different. So we're talking about like maximizer stuff. I got to take the same workflow, the same framework and make it better. Think of a new way to do it. Just like little dusting on it, just like Mm. something different. And I was like, after that project was over, I'm like glowing. And my husband was like, who are you? (laughs) Like You were just like whining at the beginning of the week. And I'm like, I need that. I need to maximize it. Like a maximista. (laughs) A maximista fashionista. A maximista. That's so funny. But like, if you go and you look at your four domains, your highest one is relationship building, but then it's followed by strategic thinking, which requires your thinking, but then it's followed by influencing. So it's like you are thinking, but you need to influence. So you need to think and make a difference all at the same time. And you don't want to be thinking on it for forever. You want to make it happen because that's your activator strength, right? Yeah. Because that's your fourth strength. I think that's hard is like, we take on a lot of tasks that we don't like we get the clarity in doing the work. And then as soon as we have have that like little voice, that's like talking to us, like we've got to pay attention to that. And I, I feel like the strengths is like one big permission slip to take on that, to let go of that. Cause we feel like this pressure to perform. I just can't help but thinking about Encanto right now with the song that's like really popular, but like, we don't have to do it all right. We, we can pass off stuff that is like sucking our soul. <laughs> Once we realize it is like, it's okay to get the experience, but then let it go. Yeah. And I think, especially for your clients, like it's VA work. Like it's from what I can tell a lot of folks who are staying at home with their kids, they just want something to do so they can be like, you know what I'm working, let's say 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week doing this because I still want to be present for my family. Okay. Guess what? Maybe you only want only because to me, I'm like, I don't like doing SEO. I have tried doing it on my own. So for some awesome reason, you really enjoy figuring out SEO words for people's websites. So maybe you have enough bandwidth to figure that out for clients a month and you're going to spend 10 hours, whatever it is, right? Why do you like doing SEO? If you know why, then you can talk about that. And that can be the one VA task that you do and just get really good at that and just become known for that particular skill set. And that's totally fine. You don't have to do anything else. Why do you like doing podcasts? Maybe you like editing and creating some sort of story out of this long winded conversation and you enjoy rearranging it so that it becomes a better thing. Maybe you're a maximizer like Emily and I are, but you enjoy maximizing the way an uncut version of a podcast is and making it better. Okay. That could be amazing. Cause think about editors, editors make authors and creators better. So you can do whatever you want. You just need to know what it is. 
we're creating businesses for ourselves, not for other people. And I think we forget that. Yeah. And at the core of that is like, we talked about what do you actually want to do? What do you love and do that? That's so good. This has been so awesome. I encourage everyone to look up Anna. You have, um, a coaching session you do, or somebody can take the assessment. Can you tell everyone about that? Yes. So currently, if you go to my website, go to annawaynelson.com forward slash contact. And again, like I said earlier, if you wanted to like make my day, please book a little 30 minute call just to like literally connect. And you could say, Hey, I heard you on Emily's podcast or her Facebook live. I would literally love to talk to you. And of course, this is not like a high pressured sales thing. Like I love talking to people. If we ran into each other in the bathroom, I would be like, oh my gosh, you heard me on Emily's podcast. That's amazing. Isn't she great? So connect with me there. And if you just want to work with me, like boom, right away, there's another button that you can click on and I would get your, um, the Clifton 34 strengths result. And then for two hours, cause I refuse to work with clients for less than two hours on their strengths report, which is way more than most coaches do. Mm-hmm. And we would figure out your strengths and then how you can use your strengths in your VA business. And then you'd be off to the races. So that's how you can come find me. It's so good. And I actually was on your podcast. I sent out a pretty detailed email about that, mm-hmm. too, but I encourage you to check out Anna's podcast to learn more and I think that it's just, it's such a gold here because what you learn in this is the foundation of your business. It becomes the foundation of your marketing, right? And like, you've nothing to gain for like, I don't know. I'm not trying to do a hard pitch here, but like, like you said, $50 is nothing. I remember thinking like, oh, I don't want to pay for a personality test. Aren't they all supposed to be free? But when you really get your results and know what you're doing with it, like it's going to be gold for you in life. This is not like the other personality assessments out there. This is literally life-changing and there's like science-based stuff behind this. This is not like some crappy little test. This is like legit stuff. I have such a hard time with some of those personality tests because they're so, I like that this is science-based, but like, I feel so wishy-washy. Maybe it's like an ambivert. Like, I don't really know. Like, do I feel like an introvert today? Or like, I just have a hard time. Like, how can I just be one Enneagram number? Like, I struggle with the Enneagram. I don't. Here's the thing. So as a coach, my blanket statement is if you take an assessment and you learn from it and you become a better version of yourself, great. So if you take a test in better homes and gardens. That's all about which type of pasta noodle are you? And you learn I'm a rigatoni versus I'm a spaghetti noodle. And here's why. And you learn something about yourself. I'm all for it, but there are still other assessments that really hone into this is who you are. There is something, and I know which assessment it is, but it was all about like, how do you communicate based on like animals? And I'm like, I couldn't handle it. I had to like, stop the whole podcast. And so anyway, I love this assessment. I love that it focuses on the strengths. It does cover how strengths can be weaknesses, but in a way that doesn't, and I'm not all about how, oh, we should never make people feel bad about ourselves, but this is what you're good at. So focus on this and learn how to manage what you're not good at. Do we have to all as business owners learn how to do our taxes or at least figure out how to collect receipts, learn how to use an online accounting software? Yes, we do. We all have to do things that we don't like to do. We all have to do it. So whether we're good at other things or not, right, we all have to do it. But we can spend the majority of our life doing things that we really enjoy doing. 
if we know what it is. So, and when we feel really bad, I got a puppy because like I said earlier, I moved. I don't have a lot of friends at any friends here in this new town. It's COVID. Like I'm extremely lonely. I spend so much time by myself. And as someone who thrives on relationships, which is why if you like book a call, like I will be like, oh my gosh, they're booking a call like to like have a free virtual coffee with me. This is awesome. Like if you know that, then you're not like, what's wrong with me? You understand like, oh, I'm a person who needs people. That's why I'm lonely. Or, oh my gosh, I'm a person who needs time to think. And all I've been doing is talking to people. I'm going crazy. Now you know what's going wrong in your day. Like, you know how to restructure your time. So it's like positive ways of managing your weaknesses. Well, I feel like I should invite you to my ladies Zoom night tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So I can have some friends. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm going to start crying. But yeah, I totally can relate to that. And I found myself like really talkative with a random guy in the parking lot. grocery store. I was like, Oh, Emily's been alone too much. (laughs) And that's like a whole nother story. Like I would just keep going, but moral of this podcast is connect with Anna. If you want to learn more, I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. Please just book that 30 minute call and make her day and maybe drink coffee in front of her and pretend like it's a coffee date. (laughs) Also, I just want to point out that if you do go check out my podcast, you'll notice that the most recent episode says, this is my last episode because I'm deciding whether I'm going to continue my podcast or not, but there's still really good content. So please feel free to listen to okay. the other shows because <laughs> I'm like everyone else. I'm human too, right? Like I'm figuring out, do I want to have a blog or do I want to have a podcast? Do I want to be a speaker or do I want to do yeah. that? So throwing that out there. So people aren't like, oh my gosh, Emily had a guest on and now she's disappeared. <laughs> Glad you said something. I didn't realize that. And yeah, our episode's still up there too. So, well, thank you so much. This has been so good. I've appreciated it. I always like chatting with you and I think it's so helpful. And I know this is what my people need. Every single person in my free group, every single student ready to get started in a business. And then those who are up leveling, like I get this question all the time about niching down. And this is like what I always say, like you've got to lean into that. So thank you. Thank you. We'll be in touch. I'll send you my lady zoom night info later. Okay. (laughs) Thanks so much, Emily. It was a pleasure. Hey, thanks for joining me with this podcast all about the Clifton strengths. There's a zillion other personality tests you can take. I get it. I get it. But just having this awareness, like I said at the beginning, is so crucial. I think it's a must know for every entrepreneur how to apply this knowledge to your business, your services, your long-term plan. So you don't build a business that isn't aligned with you, that you don't hate, something that you can really use in your client relationships. There's so much power here. So thanks for joining me. If you loved it, Send me a DM, let me know, let Anna know. Take a screenshot, tag us on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And I'll see you next week on the podcast, Unicorns Unite. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download, 
and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. You're on mute. That's because I was coughing. (laughs) Let's go back on mute, Emily. Why this is such an important tool for the, well, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Stop, cut that out. So many times it really actually bothers me when people are like, we have to go, you're robbing the world when you're not able to give the world your gifts and strengths from give the, give the, okay, cut that out. (laughs)